What's up, everybody? Episode 10B of Pull Up with Miles Nowen. We're back with Mark. We're talking all-star selections, all-star voting. Yesterday, you guys showed tons of love. We appreciate it. We discussed the front court. Today, we are back with the guards. We are going through Mark and Miles' ballots to see who they selected as their four all-star starting guards. We appreciate, like Owen said, all the love you guys have showed us already. We're 10 episodes in now, finishing up this two-parter. So thank you. But reminder, please just like and download and subscribe. Do all those things that you do on podcasts. And if you uh, have any feedback, reach out to us. Comment on on Spotify or on Apple or wherever you're listening. And we really just appreciate that. Without further ado, let's get into it. So we're going backcourt now. And there's only four spots, four four total guard spots. I don't know what the best way to do this is. I do know that there was consensus here. So maybe I just list the names and then I'll throw it to Mark first. You guys can go back and forth and dive into who. Because, I mean, let's be real. There, there's th- This is probably easier than the front court. There are still very tough omissions to be made. There are still so many phenomenal guards in this league. And the sample size is just too small. So the four guards, and and uh, and you know I can't I can't disagree with any of them. We have Jackie Young, number one. Come on, say it again. Jewel Lloyd, Alicia Gray, and Chelsea Gray, the point guard from Vegas. Mark, where do you want to start? I will say Jewel is first for me. Jewel has been just. I don't know if you guys watched last night's game, but mm-hmm. God damn, man, they ended up. <laughs> That set obviously they they lost in the second half. The second that half first was half was so really fun, ugly, but that first half was insane. <laughs> what did you do? I th- like, and I this I, I don't mean this as a slight. I just mean like when you talk about scoring outbursts, I feel like Jewel does this like four or five times a season, at least since I started watching two years ago. As as in depth, like she'll just like there was the game against I think it was the Sparks in like twenty twenty. I think uh no, it would have been twenty twenty one because it was the second to last D fish year. Their, their defense was awesome. Their offense was awful. So it was like every game was just a, a rock fight against the Sparks. And I'll never forget, Jewel had like 19 points in the first quarter. And like watching that yesterday, I think she had 22 in the first half. Like her scoring outbursts are insane. And I just think like when you witness what she's doing, and I also think the Storm are just a lot better than people have given them credit for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, headed into the year and also where they're at right now. Again, Still a young team figuring things out, but their defense is way like I think they're de- they're like seventh in defense right now. It's a lot better than that. It's just because their offense cannot score enough, and I think it's because it's like literally Jewel playing one on five. Sometimes it feels like with how much she has to do, and I think obviously it's going to be a war of attrition for her with the last three quarters of the season having to carry the load as much as she has. But um, I when you consider what she's doing, like how all the ways that she's being employed, how efficient she's still been. Um, it's been incredible to watch. And I'm tired of hearing get Jewel Lloyd on a contender because I see it every day. I'm like, she played on a contender the first eight years of her career, man. Please relax because I just want to watch her spread her wings on a very fun basketball team. And the Storm have been like my favorite team that I watched without any real expectations this year. So um, I just needed to say that. They're, they're so fun. I did a league pass rankings uh, for Winsider before the season started, which I do every year. 
And I always give the caveat that like whoever's going to be at the bottom of the list is still going to be really fun. And this league is just incredibly fun. And every team has something to offer and don't take this as a slight, please, please, please. If you're a fan of, of the team I ranked last, cause I simply had to rank someone last, but I had Seattle last and it's like, man, they wouldn't be last anymore. Even, you know, a, a lot of the things I, I, I dove into is like, they're coming true. And then some in terms of just the watchability of this team, Noel Quinn deserves so much credit, and I don't think ever gets it enough, especially as you're saying defensively, you're putting a bit of a bind when a lot of the shots are not going in. Um, but yeah, that team's been a joy to watch. Very, very electric, whether they're winning or losing. Yeah, and we're talking about all-star voting, but what's almost as important is the fact that Jewel Lloyd is on my fantasy team against Owen this week. So that that performance yesterday was was huge. Um, no, Jules been so she's been so good. You mean against my four and zero fantasy team, Mister uh, Five Hundred? <laughs> All right, continue. My yeah. we we talk about we talk about uh, we've talked about I guess efficiency a lot, and that a week ago might have been a bigger thing before the last two Jewel games that we've seen because when I was starting to circle my ballot she had had that one flamethrower game where she was eight of 12 from three and the rest of her games combined, she was shooting just 28% from deep. And I was like, well, small sample size, like how much is that being buoyed by a big performance? But then against Dallas, seven of 13 from deep and then six of 15 against Connecticut last night, it's raised her numbers. And she's basically, she's shooting, I think 39% from deep right now. So with with those two stronger performances added on so it's it's becoming a little bit more regular but the amount of work that she is doing on offense where opponents are coming in and knowing okay we need to stop jewel and still are not able to do it it's it's just a joy to watch and it is the spirit of what the all-star game should be right for her to be it's not you know, it's not good player, bad team stat padding because yes, she's got a lot of usage there, but she is also working hard for every single shot that she's generating and taking. And uh, shout out to to Doikic, who's been really good Ooh, dude, these last couple Doikic of games. Also, yeah. wait, I just gotta say too, like, I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I sorry. Um, no, but no. Jewel is playing most minutes per game of her career, scoring incredibly well. She's getting like one of the things that's been so impressive. Her foul drawing's been really great this year like part of being a high volume scorer is figuring out ways to score easily. And part of that is foul drawing, even if some people don't like it, but she's still playing like borderline all defense level defense. So like when Mm -hmm. you're talking about how like she has the highest usage rate in the league by a long shot, she's playing her ass off defensively. She's having a really good season as a playmaker. I just don't know what else you can ask for her. Like that's, she's been so impressive this year. I need to write about her soon because it's just been like, She's been so fun, man. I, I just love watching her play. And it's cool, too, because I've, I've only gotten to pop into a couple of Storm availabilities since the season started. But, like, seeing her and Jordan Horsting kind of grow closer on and off the court has been really cool. Like, they were uh, accountability. They have this thing called, like, accountability buddies. Um, and Jordan is Jules. And, um, like, they talked about that on Media Day and, and what that was like, you know, setting expectations and what Jules been like as kind of a mentor for – for Jordan early and like, I don't know, it's just been, I, I really appreciate where the storm are headed. Like, it's cool to see like them kind of setting the foundations here and 
where it can go. And I know I'm going really long on this very easy pick, but like, I don't know. I just, I, I really am excited about the Storm's future. Obviously, a lot's going to depend on what happens for them in the draft and free agency in the next year or two. But um, mm-hmm. I very much enjoy just getting to see them be a young team and and see Jewel Lloyd get to be a superstar. So, yeah. Yeah. And Seattle fans should be happy with what this team is because, yes, you had 20 years or whatever of success. But this is, this is a, a very competitive and fun team. And Jordan... Owen and I, I think both had kind of the same opinion on draft night where there were the players that we knew very well that had really impressed us as as we'd seen them kind of plastered all over, all over as media. But Jordan Horston stood out to us as just like someone who was equal parts excited about the next step, engaged in just the league as a whole, and just really incredibly professional. So we i walked away i don't want to speak for owen but i walked away just rooting for her so much and then seeing her slide on draft night i was already getting frustrated because she made me into a fan in the you know the 15 minutes or whatever that i was interacting with her and but to see her fall into a really great opportunity and then to make the most of it uh has been really great to watch and she's getting more comfortable and a lot of the she's sometimes a little bit sped up and i think that some of the shots that she's taking are going to fall as she gets more and more comfortable out there but i mean she made two and i know we spoke about this a little bit but two remarkable catches on jewel lloyd passes yesterday in the first half that was just like yeah the two of them have that chemistry they're looking for each other and that makes sense with you talking about the accountability and now i know we are going completely off of the well, all-star conversation I, I, okay, but now that you mentioned <laughs> dude, jordan's defense too has been incredible as a rookie and it's not even just as a rookie just as a player her defense has been incredible like if i had to make a short list right now so short list i mean like a quarter of the league um she would be on it for all defense she's been that good and like i yeah i it, you can cut me off now, but yes, I just had to say that because she's been really good on that. This is what always happens when we all talk ball is it starts in one place and then all of a sudden we're talking about the Precisely. 1998 Houston Comets or whatever. Um, but no, you can speak for me, Miles, because I feel the exact same way about Jordan Horston and a perfect place for her to, to end up. I'm going to bring it back. We were talking about Jewel, who went to Notre Dame, and I'd be remiss if I didn't do at least the start of the Jackie Young section because she is obviously a lock and uh, someone I've been riding for for a long time. We've been talking about efficiency quite a bit on this podcast. And the league, there's so many efficient players, especially right now it feels like. I don't, I don't know if I could actually back this up. I'd love to do a deeper dive on like where we're at in terms of trends league-wide. Let me just read some Jackie Young uh, efficiency numbers to you right now. She is shooting 60% from the field. She is shooting 46.8% from three. She is shooting 66.7% on twos. And her true shooting percentage is 71.6. I mean, this, and, and granted, Right, when we're talking about someone like Jewel, your efficiency is not going to be as good when you are creating the majority of the looks. And what better position to put Jackie Young in than an offense that has Chelsea Gray, that has Asia Wilson, that has Candace Parker, that has Kelsey Plum, and everyone else on this team. But that should not in any way be used to discredit this magnificent 
trajectory and continued growth that Jackie has displayed in the W to the point where last year she had a major breakout. And in Australia prior to last season, uh, last W season, kind of overhauled her shot and and made some really key tweaks, moving it to the right side of her body, adding a little bit of arc, making sure her chin was was tucked. And somehow, even after last year's breakout and winning the title, she's been even better this year. It, it is It is just completely unbelievable and incredible to see and so i just i had to to do the little jackie young uh bit here miles who who else do you want to talk about do you have jackie thoughts mark someone someone take the wheel i'll go quick on jackie thoughts uh what's most impressive to me as she continues to add and add and add every single year is her transition game it's her willingness to take those threes on the break and hit them at clips or early in clock. Like it's, it's a lot of times off of a make Jackie will be like, I'm going to get those points back in the first four seconds of the shot clock. And uh, Owen, you and I talked about this last week, the way that she finishes. Uh, we talked about Aaliyah not getting calls. I think Jackie is someone else who doesn't get enough calls because of how strong she is with the ball. And because sometimes refs swallow the whistle when the shot is going in all, all the time. And Jackie just squares up in midair to the basket so that she could go up with as much strength and control as possible and is finishing layups through lots of contact and not getting the benefit of the whistle. And just watching her in transition game after game after game, she has been so important to the aces in terms of whenever they need a run. Whenever things do get a little tight, which I know doesn't happen all that often, but largely because of of plays from Jackie the the throughout the night. Um, so yeah, she was she was actually my my first name on the list for guards, and is in the MVP conversation for me. Yeah, it's been fun too because uh, I think like I I mean maybe I haven't I I feel like I over-indexed too much on what I see on Twitter sometimes, but I like. I don't know. That's just, those are people talking and I, I like seeing people talking because I want to know what people are talking about and understand how to go about, you know, seeing things and, and writing about things. But like, I think there was this like large idea, especially in the first you know week or so of the season when she was scoring like 25 points a night where it's like, Oh, Jackie Young's like taking the leap. I'm like, I mean, as we know, like the leap happened last year, but I think it's just that extra gear that goes from like, okay, I'm a consistent all-star to like, I'm a consistent all W player. Um, like she found how to be aggressive last year and now she found like an extra 10% of aggression. And like part of what's hard to maybe watch if you're, I mean, not watch hard to see if you're not like thinking about it all the time or like immersed in it is like, yeah, her, her usage is up. She has a career high in usage now, 24, and a half percent almost, but it's not because she's having more plays run for her. It's just, she's not passing things up. She's attacking lanes differently. Part of it too, like their offense is awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, she's just doing that much more to be aggressive with it. It, And she has such a good feel for the game too, alongside of it. And when you put all of that together, when you have an, an offense that is always going to put the defense in the rotation, and then it's like, oh, hell, hell, Jackie Young is attacking us now. Like, cool, Chelsea Gray or Asia Wilson's whipping the ball and Jackie Young's attacking out of the slot or from the corner. And it's like, there's just no let up in in their in their offense. It's just career high free throw rate. Everything is career high because she's just doing that much more. Um, 
it's been incredible to watch. She's shooting 86% at the rim, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Um, doesn't take a ton of shots at the rim, but because a lot of them start from farther out and, you know, gets picked up, um, shooting 67% from three to 10 feet, which is where the majority of her shots occur. Like, she's been incredible this year. And the defense has been really good, too. Like, I think the defense went underrated last year because um, Las Vegas' defense as a whole was, like, could be a little bit average. I think it was better than the numbers say, but um, she's just been able to be that much more active and I think showcase defensively with having that extra, you know, adding an all-time great in Candace Parker definitely helps. Having Alicia Clark on the wing too and adding adding depth. Like, um, it's just awesome watching Jackie uh, turn into this player over the last two years and change. And while you were while you were talking, I was digging into numbers hoping it would back up what i what my eye test was saying and jackie does lead the league in fast break points and she is the top guard the only guard in the first 13 uh four points in the paint so there you have it someone who doesn't and didn't underrate uh jackie's defense last year is becky which is cool to see because uh she would be someone who you know is so high on jackie and honestly like bill lambier deserves a lot of credit too for seeing this in Jackie and uh, really believing in her um, while he was, while he was the coach, while he was involved in personnel decisions. Uh, But I remember talking to Becky last year and, and her making sure it was known that Jackie is guarding the best players in the league on a night to night basis. And that is a large burden to take on when you are also asked to create offensively and you know are playing some of the highest minute totals in the league which which she was last year and now is as you said mark her her usage has gone up even higher uh one person i think we're gonna stay on the aces here one person who i have not seen as a ubiquitous starter and dare i even say the majority of kind of ballots i'm being i'm seeing being shared on twitter do not have the point god the finals mvp and maybe that is because, and I don't have the usage numbers up in front of me, but it's possible that because a lot of that usage is going to Jackie, and they have so many, so many creators, so many just transcendent talents, that we forget about the player who absolutely broke all of our brains last playoffs, who has been exceptional her entire career, and who is now shooting over 50% on threes while being the most dynamic and exceptional passer in the league. And, oh, yeah, she's really good at defense too. Mark, what impresses you most about this Chelsea Gray campaign? Yeah, so Chelsea was my fourth guard, and she has been incredible. It feels like she's just kind of never let up from what she was doing in the playoffs, in a sense. Like, she went over to Turkey and was insane with Merson, um, and it's just been all around. So, so freaking good. Um, Like you mentioned, I think she just continues to shoot the leather off the ball. And I think to me, what is probably most impressive about Chelsea, I think when you talk about somebody who so many of their shots are self-created and unassisted, like you think of like, they can maybe teeter between stopping the offense or, or getting too much in their bag. But like, I think she just not even toes the line. Like she is the line of being the most capable person of just destroying a defense. Like she's so good at, at doing what she does. Like I wrote about this last week. Like she's just so good at killing you by doing like 
all of her counters are insane. Like she just has every counter in the book. Like, okay, if you do this, then I'm already thinking two steps ahead and I'm doing that. And okay, you cut off this lane, I'm going here. And like, it just never feels like she wastes any steps or any angles or any, anything on the court. And that makes it so hard to defend because to me, defense is all about like trying to drag an offense as far into a shot clock and making what they want to do as difficult as possible and even when you sell out to make everything as difficult as possible for the Aces and for Chelsea Gray, she's still getting off a shot that's like 55% for her, where she's getting the ball to somebody who shoots 45% from the corner. And it's like, you just can't really, there's no way to really guard Chelsea other than having the best personnel in the league and throwing multiple coverages at her in the game. And even then you probably lose in the fourth game of the finals like the Connecticut Sun did. So yeah, Chelsea Gray is awesome. <laughs> Yeah, you have to you have to play her honest because of her passing ability because otherwise she's hitting you with a no look pass to somebody cutting to the rim. But a lot of those those isolation creations that you're talking about are also happening late shot clock or at the end of quarters where you know what she's doing and she's still hitting those at a at just a ridiculous clip. So yeah, she was also my fourth guard. I don't know if the world could survive another year of Chelsea Gray disrespect because we saw what happened when she didn't make the all-star game last year. So for that reason alone, she should be in there, but no, she's just having, we, I know that it's, it's funny that the three of us are talking about nonstop about efficiency when we're now pushing close to an hour on a podcast talking about 10 players, but Chelsea's efficiency has been remarkable throughout this year. And obviously just looking at the shots that they're creating Vegas just as such a well-oiled machine and that entire offense is just historic. So they should have three players representing in the all-star starting five. So yeah, I'm going to leave it off there. I'll try to be a little more efficient. Um, but yeah, we both had Chelsea. Efficiency's overrated. We're all, we're all chuckers here. And you know, this, this, this podcast was always meant to go long. Do you think that Jonathan Kolb and Sandy Brondello and everyone who works for the New York Liberty are just voting Chelsea Gray every single day so that they can avoid the, the, uh, the, the playoff run that, that Chelsea had last year? Well, I'm not going to assume that the Liberty get to the finals. So <laughs> I'm not putting that into that energy into the air. Let's see that play out. Hey, we we do have to we do have to play the games. I think it's I think it's fair to say that, that that's a, a a somewhat probable outcome. Okay, fourth fourth guard slot before we go completely off the rails. Mark wrote an exceptional exceptional feature uh, on this player who is one of all of our faves um, in the league. Gold medal leash. Just just what what because I think you did such a good job. Uh, in this piece, which correct me if I'm wrong, was on Dime Uprocks, mm-hmm. um, a, a great hoop website, and I loved how you dove into. You're always exceptional with the the, the b ball breakdowns, and there's a lot of that in there that's that's really specific about what she's been so good at this year. But I love the stuff, the interpersonal stuff, just how she's feeling comfortable, how she was a player who the core the the granted very young new core of this Atlanta dream team really wanted her to come and help them out because they knew that she could do exactly what she's doing um so so just 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 give us a little bit on on leash here yeah um 
No, I mean, Leash is a special player and individual. I I got to connect with her last year, um, writing a bigger feature just on who she is. And, and, you know, I thought I voted for her for All-Star last year and, and All-Defense. She unfortunately did not make either. I thought she was deserving of both. I, and this year, I think what's so cool is just like, like there are times, luckily I've never really felt this in the W, to be honest, but there have been times covering basketball before I started covering the W where like, not saying that I think people are just disingenuous when they talk, but I think you just get to a different stage when you do media for so long for some people. But like, um, I don't know, there would be times when I'd like talk to people and I'd be like, ah, do they really feel this? Or are they just saying what they think I want them to say or whatever? And it was just cool talking to Alicia because like she and Ryan Howard both have this, this idea around them that they're very quiet and they, you know, they don't want to talk or like they're, they're shy. And like, I just, think that couldn't be further from the truth and really getting to be around them and be around that team. And um, part of what's so cool is I feel like in, this is not intended to shade to Dallas. It is what it is, but like Atlanta is really just letting her be her. And I think they're encouraging her to be her both on and off the court and getting to see her. um, I mean, seeing the TikToks with her and Ryan and Nas and the way that like Ryan and Nas have just made Alicia feel like herself and get to be there. And obviously in big Al, I mean, make big Al stick. It needs to be around. Um, but it's just uh, getting to see that has been really cool. Um, because again, like getting to be around practice, so like you only get to see so much, but like, I think you get to see enough where you get a good feel for like a team that really is the kind of gel together and team that's not. And they very clearly are. And I think like, I've just loved getting to see that and witness that. And um you know, when, when you talk about what's actually happening on court, like I think the defense has been incredible. I think she's been really, really good defensively. She obviously, she got roasted a few times in the game against Dallas. Let's keep it a buck to be fair. But I don't think that's an encapsulation of the entire uh, entire season defensively. But offensively, like to me, and I think like Tanisha Wright has said this, Big Al said this herself, like this is much more about like, yeah, she's just kind of getting opportunities to spread her wings and be her. Um instead of like not that she was held saying held back in, in Dallas again not what I'm intending to say but like I think this offense is all about read and react just getting to make decisions um attack when you see spots and like that's so much of what she's good at is is being this awesome release valve and she's been like just incredible for bailing out their half court offense when they need it um she's been I'd imagine I'd, I'd have to check it, but I'd imagine she's right up there with Jackie for transition points scored by a player in the league. Um, she's a complete workhorse for them. Like they, the way like her, her motor is unreal. Like I think she, uh, she doesn't move in like quite the same way. So I don't know if it like always, like you always notice it, but um, she like very much is up there with AT for me for, for best motor in the league for somebody who's just like, she looks like she's not gassed at all, no matter what, um, which is really difficult to do. Um, so yeah, I, I could go on and on about Lee. She's been so incredibly fun and impressed with the watch this year and the way that she's driving the basketball and attacking off, uh, off attacking closeouts and just operating off of Ryan, who has been so much better at just becoming a lead ball handler and getting into the paint, like seeing them play off one another and, and what that's going to continue to be moving in the future is really exciting. And I think Leash is a very deserving first time all-star. I'm with you on all of that. And I'm glad that you said so much of it because it, it was also kind of adding to what I was going to talk about, which started this year watching her in AU and paying specific attention to 
just how efficient she is at, at getting to the free throw line and at contorting herself and playing downhill. And that's something that I know she's done in the past, but she's getting to the line for 27% of her points. And that's not easy to do in the W also because Owen and I can't get through an episode without bringing up the Knicks at all. There are so many lefties on Atlanta, which reminds <laughs> me of, of our Knicks team. So yeah. to know that like Cheyenne loves going left and like Ryan and, and, and leash, and there's just so much action going left, but uh, she gets to her spots and she scores an AD on that team too, and, and gets to her spots and she scores and she's doing it though within the flow of the offense. 68% of her makes are assisted. So it's not like she's getting the ball and putting her head down. It's lots of cutting. It's lots of great movement. And it's just lots of chemistry, which I think is all coming through based on everything that you two have been talking about in terms of her finding a home and, and being comfortable in this setting in Atlanta. Um, and I'm really, really glad also that although one of the wins we got to witness in person. I'm glad that the dream are starting to, to fire on all cylinders because this team is just so much fun. And leash is part of that core that makes it so exciting. So yeah, we had the same four guards and I think all like we could talk about all of them forever, but uh, that was a little bit easier. Although there were still some, some omissions, but it was definitely easier than the front court for me. Definitely. This this is the this is the part of the show we're nearing the end. This is and I'll give you guys each a, a, a minute to discuss any of the people that were toughest uh, to cut. Specifically, a, a shooting guard in Dallas who I think is going to be a divisive potential, you know, all star case who is exceptional, who was not you know among these four. But I would be remiss if this is the the part of the show where I have to talk about Ka. Uh, Mark just said highest motors in the league. AT leash. I mean, Ka ha- has to be up there. And uh, just, I've been voting for her every day. She's my favorite <laughs> finals MVP. Just got to shout her out here because we appreciate what you're doing in Chicago. And she's had some, some exceptional uh, early season performances for a team. That's been very, very fun to watch. Um, and, and so, yeah, what, what, were the thought processes who was the fifth player who were the toughest to leave off for either of you mark uh i'll start with you uh yeah leaving off kyle was really difficult um because she's been incredibly good this season i know she like started off struggling with just around the rim early on i think she's going to be the player that everybody looks at at the end of the year what her stats are like you go back in two or three years and you look and you just see the final numbers and you're like, how the hell was she not an all-star starter? Um, I just very much, especially with Chicago starting to get healthy again, I feel like that's very much on the horizon for us. Um, she's been really good, obviously. Uh, I think Sloot, I, I toyed with having on again. It's just the shooting efficiency. But I think overall, like, she's been incredibly good in, in, in New York. Um, the passing just continues to be the best in the league. Um I struggle a little bit with Ryan because again, Ryan's in the same boat with efficiency, but part of it is, is definitely biased for being in Atlanta, but like you can just see every game, she gets a little bit better at doing the things that are going to make her one of the best in the league for a long time. Um, Like she's a better player now than she was last year, even with like, even if her numbers are a little bit lower, 
um, efficiency wise, like she's so much like just, I was talking to her the other day after a game and she didn't realize it um, because it's just like, she's just working through it on court. But like, I, I asked him like, you threw like the best pass I've ever seen you throw today. What was, you know, did you like, did you kind of stop and be like, Oh shit. Like that, you know, look at this pass. She's like, I don't even remember it. And like, that's just, I think it's an important inflection point for remembering like these players are just like working through things and processing them on the court. And that's why you watch film. Cause shoot, you might not even remember what you do on court sometimes. And like, um, I, I think she was a tough omission for me. Uh, obviously Sab had again, like a little bit of a rough start to the year shooting wise, but then absolutely had that massive outburst in Atlanta against Atlanta. I think she should be an all-star this year. It's again, when you're factoring in, um, games missed and, and obviously like, I think the hamstring has very clearly hobbled her defensively and that has been a sore spot for the Liberty and for her. Um, but she's still been very good on top of that. Kelsey Mitchell, man, like I really hope Kelsey Mitchell's an all-star. Like I would have Kelsey over Sab to be honest. Like I think Kelsey has been that good this year. Damn. Mark yeah. waited until the 68 minute mark to drop the, the hottest take. Wait, wait. I don't think it's a hot take. Kelsey's been really goddamn good. No, like, especially like she struggled the first two or three games of the season. And then from there, I think she's shooting like 45, 40, 90 in like in June. And her defense has been solid too. Like, I don't think she's been amazing defensively, but she's been solid. She's gotten better on that end. Her passing is way better than her assist numbers indicate. Um, like she's been awesome this year. So I think I would say the the three I struggle with with most. Well, I struggle with all of them, but like leaving off Ryan and Kyle and Kelsey is really difficult. Like I wish I had more All Star votes. Uh, I just want everybody to be an All Star man. Like everybody needs to reach their full potential <laughs> for me. Agreed, agreed. And Kelsey has been phenomenal. That was not shade at all. You didn't mention uh, Arike. The, any? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. I. Arike has been tough for me this year because I, I I will say outright I think she deserves to be an all star. Um, I think having her as a top four guard in the league would be very difficult for me right now. Um, because we've talked about efficiency and defense, and I think she's been much more engaged and active on defense this year. So that made it that much harder for me to not give her a starting nod. But I just think at some point the efficiency like is really tough to 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 um to undersell like she's shooting below 40% from the field. She's shooting just about 30% from three. And I know how difficult everything is for her. Like, I mean, just in terms of like how difficult her shots are, not that she's bad at them. She's very good at doing what she does. But I do think when I'm looking at the four players I had ahead of her, I would struggle to put her over. I know that her, her passing has been a little bit better this year too. I, again, I think she very much is a deserving all-star. Um, I just wouldn't have her as a starter right now because only get the four spots, so it makes it really tough. Um, and it's not intended to shade. I really enjoy Enrique's game. I've really been – it's been uh, an interesting couple of weeks trying to see what Dallas is doing, how they're handling kind of this. It was not good for the dream, but great to see the, the Wings get that win yesterday because they very much needed it. Um, but – that's just where I'd be at right now. I'm interested to see where you guys would lie on that. I, I, I'd imagine we're kind of in the same boat, Miles, considering how we both ended up with our voting. But, yeah. To, yeah, yeah. My, I feel like – and, Miles, I apologize. You're getting the short end of the stick here, but you know I love you. I think um, I think that 
that as far as everything you were saying, it's it's just a consistency thing, which has been kind of Dallas's whole issue, you know, in this era since they drafted her in, in 2019, is that I tweeted this the other day, the playmaking, I think, is taking steps from a, a creation standpoint for others. I, I have been more impressed this year with some passes I see her making. Um, defensively, I love that she's taking on Jewel Lloyd for for large portions of that game and seems to be taking strides in that area. To me, it's a it's a consistency standpoint of we need to ultimately, if the wings are going to take the next step and just you kind of know what to expect from them on a night-to-night basis, as you mentioned, Mark, the efficiency needs to improve. And even if you know, she, she's playing her ass off and, and, and doing so much for this team, you know, every once in a while, there's a possession where she just doesn't really get back on defense and is kind of watching, watching the play happen. And if we can just cut out those little, uh, you know, little moments, which is, you know, a a minor gripe, um, that I think that, that it would be easier to kind of lift her into that elite tier of starters. Miles, I, I apologize. You, you're going second here, so it's like everyone's saying everything that you're probably already wanting to say. What are your thoughts? Take it anywhere. I know you had a tough time leaving off the New York players, Dallas, wherever you want to go with it. You could stop saying what I was about to say. Uh, no, that's... Uh, I, I think that you highlighted for Ari Gay that Seattle game, which I think was very interesting because that was one where Jewel Lloyd went off in the first half. And then the ball denial that we saw over the next 10 or 15 minutes or so of game time from Arike drawing that main assignment on Jewel. Jewel didn't score again until like the last three or four minutes of that game where they she then again went off. Um, but just watching that effort and it's like, damn, it's there. It's 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 so close that if we were seeing that, and obviously it's impossible to have that effort all the time and also generate as many shots as she takes on offense, because even Alyssa Thomas is not built to do that on both ends. I assume maybe she is. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go back to the New York players. I'm glad that Mark went first so that he could talk about all his bias so that I have no bias <laughs> at all. Um, but both both New York players were definitely in the conversation for me for my fourth spot. And it feels a little that that was part of why I then struggled with having BG in there despite missing games, but I held it against Sabrina a little bit. And uh, that might go back to me saying maybe I overcorrected a little bit uh, in trying to be objective and in trying to counter any biases that I might have. But just in watching Sabrina day in and day out, She's absolutely an all-star and it's also just the, the extra level of buy-in. I don't know, you know, it's between her and Benajah for who had to give up more for this super team to come together. And for Sabrina, the way that she's just, it's like a weight has been lifted off of her shoulders. She is so much looser, so much just, happier it seems like and just really enjoying this team and i guess maybe i would too for if you know i was generating five open looks from three a game or something like that just off all that ball movement but it took a willingness on her part and she's leading the w and three pointers made so like it's working for her she just doesn't have the ball in her hands nearly as much and like you said there's also the lingering hamstring injury 
but seeing her kind of battle through that and then put up maybe the two best performances we saw from her before missing the next couple of games, um, which happened to actually be the other hamstring. And and that's just something that happens when you're pushing it and overcompensating uh, after that initial injury. But Sloot was also in the conversation for me because obviously she's leading the league in assists, but though the efficiency with which she does that for me at the end, the, the things that were holding me back were Sabrina's two point shooting and Sloot's three point shooting. That was where it kind of fell off a bit because Kasab is absolutely struggling inside the arc, although it started to get better those last couple of games before she sat out. Um, but if Sloot was just at her career numbers from three, I think she probably would have had the fourth spot for me. And mm-hmm. some of that is just, I, I, some of that is just small sample size. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think that there will be a regression to the mean as we see more. And she's absolutely just deserving of a spot. And I've talked about this before on pods too. Her defense has impressed me a lot watching it day in and day out, just with the level of deflections that she gets and how much transition that ends up generating for the team as well. So there's, you know, obviously a lot of talk about the the New York guards and about that maybe being an area of concern, but I've been really impressed with Courtney Vandersloot in that respect. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and all the other names that you, you mentioned were all in the conversation for me, but I think we'll see a bunch of them. I think that's that's the good thing. I, I wish we were able to vote on more of them, but maybe it's good that we don't because this podcast would be longer than Creed <laughs> 3, which I know you just watched for like the 15th time today. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we started recording. I've got video up here. And when we started recording, like Miles was very well lit and it was like, you know, a lot of sunlight. <laughs> and now Miles is just, it looks like he's sitting in a dungeon here. Just... It does a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're playing Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to since it, it doesn't even matter now. We're this is the longest podcast we've ever recorded. We'll ever record minute seventy seven. Also, want to shout out my uh, good friend's dog Dolly, who right when I was getting into the exercise, you probably saw it. I got super flustered, and it was because we're we're house sitting uh, Dolly today, and she's sick. And it's a bummer, and it stinks. And she was, uh, she was, she was having a moment. And so, anyway, I, I got thrown off my game here, and then just immediately fumbled it to Miles and said, "I don't know, Miles. What do you want me to do?" Anyway, <laughs> the joys, nah, the it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. Um, Mark, anything you want to plug for us? I know by the time we get this out tomorrow morning, you'll probably have two or three of these pieces that we've, you've been kicking around here. No, uh, what do I want? I don't think I have anything wild coming soon. Um, I should say the rest of this week. No, I I will have. Actually, I'll have have a piece on the Liberty's defense coming in the next day or two. I talked to to Sandy Rondello, talked to Panagia Lane, talked to Stewie, talked to Kayla Thornton, um, and just kind of talked about, you know, what the early season of, like, kind of figuring out how to put together – this brand new team and, and, and finding a defensive identity has been like, um, and then diving into some film stuff with that. So that will be out soon over at WMBA.com. So uh, yeah, prepared for that. Awesome. Subscribe to subscribe to Mark's Patreon. Oh yes. That too. I, I, I have a Patreon. I have a podcast. Subscribe to both. If you haven't already. It. 
Yeah. Subscribe to ours, like ours, do all the things that you're supposed to do with podcasts. I don't know. Support the people doing good work. Mark, we so appreciate you and you're the best. And um, just for, you know, chopping it up with us. And we're, we're very happy to have met you and gotten to know you in this space. Um, Three of us. (laughs) Or I guess three of us. Yeah. Three of us. Boom.